that we're all excited about. I can't wait to be in the stadium, see the stadium hopefully rocking and rolling here Friday night, uh, playing South Dakota, really good football team. Runner-up uh, national champion last year, um, and I can see on the tape why. It's the best, uh, this is without doubt the best uh, 1AA football team I've seen in my career. I think they play like a Division I football team. They've got talented players. Uh, they're well coached, very well coached. And I'm extremely impressed with this football team. Um, offensively, they averaged over 400 yards last year, a heavy rushing team, uh, but, but still have somewhat balanced. They've got a quarterback now that uh, is a new, new guy coming in here. Uh, Chris, uh, athletic guy, been in a couple different stops, but know about him. Um, can make things happen. Um, two really good running backs, uh, good receivers, big tight end, and a well-coached offensive line. So on offense, I think this is uh, a team that can score points. I think they can move the football. I think they're talented. On defense, they were fifth in scoring defense, 19th in total defense, 22nd against the run, and 21st against the pass. So they've got some really good defensive stats. Um, I think they're really stout. I've watched an uh, extensive amount of them on defense. I think they're well-coached play great gap control, run to the football, and I think they're pretty physical at the point. Um, so I think this is a talented defense, a talented offense. I think this is a, a, a program that, uh, like I said, extremely impressed with the way that they're prepared, that they're coached, that they execute. Uh, and I'm sure they're coming off with a lot of confidence, coming off of just a great, great year last year. And uh, so – It'll be quite a big challenge for us. Um, this is by no means uh, what you would call, um, you know, opening with ease. This is uh, a bona fide big time team and uh, our kids know it. Our coaches know it. And we know we've got to play at a high level in this football game. Um, and it's going to be a, a hell of a game. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm Justin Michael. I'm your host, and I am stoked because it is finally game week. That was Steve Adazio. We got to hear from him for about 30 minutes this afternoon. Shout out to CSU Athletics and Kyle Neves for putting that together. Just feels so good to finally have a game week. I talked about uh, on our last podcast how I'm still going to be nervous until the kickoff just because of the brutal experience that we went through last year. But it does feel you know, knock on wood, pretty good, at least as of right now. The Rams released their first depth chart of the season, so I'm going to be going over that. And just kind of what we heard from Steve Adazio today, and we'll play a little bit more audio from him later, and then we will go over the Week 0 games and look ahead a little bit at the Week 1 games for the Mountain West. Of course, before we dive into any of that, you guys, it's stressful trying to buy a house right now. If you've attempted this process, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The housing market is crazy in Colorado. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much stress, take some of that worry off your plate. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to get their borrowers' options with their full financial picture in mind, with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. They are proud DNVR members, they're CSU alum, they work nights, they work weekends, they do what it takes to make sure their clients are getting the best loan for their situation. Right now, if you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. 
You can also call Mike directly at 970-412-2472 or again, visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, all right, all right. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I live in Lakewood now, but my allergies have been atrocious lately. I've been all stuffed up, not fun. Happens to me every fall, so it's you know to be expected. Got a bunch of cotton trees around my around my uh, townhouse, but man, it is rough. Let's just kind of briefly start by going through the depth chart. I think that's probably what everybody is most interested in. Then I'll kind of give you some of my thoughts on it, and we'll talk about what we learned from Steve Adazio kind of going into week one. Obviously, we already heard South Dakota State is a really good team. I mean, that's what Steve Adazio talked about at the Blake Street Tavern last week. If you're a DNVR member, I wrote about it. You know, he mentioned how they're not a team that you can take lightly, how nobody would want to open up with them. He definitely doubled down on that today, and it makes sense. I mean, South Dakota State is a pretty popular pick for FCS preseason national champion. Uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna be a tough test for the Rams. All right, starting this week at quarterback, we know it's Todd Santeo. Behind him, we've got true freshman Evan Olace, uh, listed at six foot two hundred pounds. Santeo listed at six foot one two twenty five. At running back. Um, there's four guys all in bold, which means they're going to rotate. But David Bailey is number one. Marcus McElroy Jr., Jalen Waddell, Ajon Vivens all going to play. At tight end, Trey McBride, obviously. Gary Williams will back up him. On the other side, we've got Cam McB- uh, Cameron Butler, excuse me, and Brian Palendi, the Miami transfer. All of those guys will play. We'll get into it here in just a little bit, um, but expect a lot of 12 personnel from CSU this fall. I mentioned Four running backs all going to play. They're going to play a lot of tight ends as well. Tanner Arkin, true freshman, received some praise from Adazio today. He's a Fort Collins native. He's going to probably get on the field as well. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, you know, going 12 personnel, given this roster and and just kind of the unproven, you know, unprovenness of, of some of the wide receivers aside from Dante Wright. Obviously, Dante Wright is starting behind him, Justice McCoy former quarterback. He's also been getting a little bit of QB work in just in case currently the Rams emergency QB. EJ Scott is the other starting wide receiver, so he earned it. Redshirt senior. He's flashed, you know, in training camp on two or three different occasions throughout his career. Just never really been able to stay healthy, so hopefully this is the year he's able to do so. Ty McCullough is behind him. I expect him to play as well. Tore it up in the scrimmage. In the offensive line, the Rams are going to rotate seven players, and that kind of makes sense given the experience of this group and just the fact that the line needs to play much better if this team's going to have any chance to succeed. They like the seven guys. They have some versatility with a couple different guys that have played you know, multiple positions in their career, and that kind of gives CSU a unique ability to move different guys around to substitute a little bit, and hopefully that's able to allow them to stay fresh. You know, you're going to have good tight ends beside you to kind of assist in, in run blocking situations and occasionally max protect situations. But ultimately, you know, having seven guys you can trust, that should be a strength, I think, for CSU. It's it's going to have to be <laughs> if this team wants to succeed. At left tackle, you've got Barry Wesley. They're also going to rotate in Keith Williams. At left guard, they've got Vincent Picazzi, but Barry Wesley might get some action in there as well. Again, we mentioned Williams you know, veteran returning for one more season. He'll get some run there as well. Cam Reddy is going to start at center, former Boston College player. 
Tao Tyleo Marks will back him up. At right guard, Adam Koritz will start. Vincent Picazzi might also get some action at right guard. He's starting at left guard, but again, they have the ability to kind of rotate some of these guys and move them around a little bit. At right tackle, Ches Jackson is listed as the starter, but Elijah Johnson, the Boston College player, is going to play as well. So again, they've got seven different guys. That gives them an opportunity to kind of figure it out. You know, I asked him how he feels about the the depth coming in, and he said, pretty good. We're going to have to see. I'll play that audio for you um, here in a couple of minutes. On defense, Scott Patchen, obviously starting at defensive end. Sion Koroga is backing him up. Redshirt sophomore out of Valor Christian High School. Um, it's it's an encouraging sign to see that Sion is is performing well, especially this early in his career. Devin Phillips starting at defensive tackle. He, you know, he's a guy that he started throughout his career, kind of struggled to stay on the field, but he has an opportunity to really flash, especially given the talent of the rest of this group behind him, Ellison Hubbard and James Mitchell. Manny Jones is the other starting defensive tackle. Mike Chiafani, another Boston College transfer behind him. At defensive end, you've got Mohamed Kamara and Toby McBride. Then at linebacker, Cameron Carter. He's backed up by Bam Amina. Dequan Jackson is obviously starting at middle linebacker. AK, the transfer from BC, is behind him. Tavion Brown earns the other setting linebacker role. Encouraging to see he is backed up by sophomore Chase Wilson. Uh, that's that's also encouraging, encouraging, excuse me, young linebacker out of Ralston Valley. When they signed him, I talked about how I liked his athleticism, played some running back as well. It's it's good to see that a lot of these local guys appear to be panning out. Rashad Ajayi is starting at corner. Uh, behind him, true freshman Robert Floyd, actually uh, a walk-on who has shined throughout camp. Pretty pretty impressive that he's been able to ascend so far. You know, Hopefully that's not a negative statement about the depth, but a positive statement about his talent. We'll just kind of have to see how it all plays out. The other starting corner is obviously Marshawn Cameron. Really good that he came back behind him, Langston Williams. You know, true freshman, true freshman, but the dude can fly, was a track star, played wide receiver and DB, another local guy that appears to be panning out. At safety, we've got true sophomore Henry Blackburn. He he played really well, especially in that San Diego State game last year. I wrote about that a couple weeks back. Jack Howell, true freshman, son of legendary Ram safety John Howell, will play behind him. Howell's a guy that's really impressed, according to Adazio. That's definitely encouraging as well. The other starting safety, Taiwan Francis. Now, when the Rams go like nickel and dime, obviously Logan Stewart's going to get plenty of playing time. He's currently listed as the number two safety, but I imagine we're going to see both those guys on the field quite a bit. At kicker, it's Caden Camper. Steve Adazio talked about how much he really liked his leg strength. Just said he was the most consistent guy throughout camp. You know, Robert Liss, Decided to enter the transfer portal after not winning the job. That's unfortunate, but, you know, Caden Camper only a junior, so if he plays well, they got potentially two more seasons with him, and that's encouraging. Jonathan Terry will back him up. Ryan Stonehouse, obviously starting punter, no question there. Jonathan Terry will do kickoffs. Ross Reeder, long snapper. The punt returners will be Thomas Panunzio and Dante Wright, and the kick returner will be Thomas Panunzio, and he's backed up by true freshman Jarek Robinson, who has made a positive impact on special teams, according to Steve Adazio, and is a guy that I expect to see on the field on Friday night. A couple of things stand out to me as far as the depth chart goes. 
The, the first is probably the inexperience of the secondary as a whole. You have a couple of corners in Marshawn Cameron and Rashad Ajayi who have both played a lot of football. But behind them, you know, relatively unproven, you've got a, a walk-on and, and Robert Floyd, and I'm not trying to, to dog him again. You know, the coaches were really talking him up throughout training camp. It's exciting to see that it wasn't just hype to them, and he's actually, you know, seemingly going to pan out. But it's it's a lot of guys that just haven't, you know, played a lot of football. Jack Howell, true freshman, is, is backing up Blackburn. He's only a sophomore coming off a season in, in which they only got to play four games his true freshman year. And, you know, unproven isn't isn't always necessarily a bad thing. It's it's just tough to say. We're going to have to see how it pans out because they're going to need these young guys to play at a really high level. I mean, you're confident in what you have in that front seven. You have a group of linebackers that have played, you know, a lot of football together. And obviously the same goes for the defensive line. They should be one of the best groups in the conference right up there with San Jose State. And both of those units are going to be two of the better defensive lines, you know, in the G5 for sure. And, and really just in college football. But the secondary, it's it's always kind of been a concern for CSU over the years. I mean, there are very few times where you've been very, very confident about a about a Rams secondary, especially in the last, oh, you know, 15, 20 years. It's, it's just been a rough go of it. But, you know, hopefully, like we said, with the front seven being so good, they, they won't have to cover guys for a really long time. But the truth is, is you're just playing a lot of good teams. You know, you play a lot of good teams in non-conference play. You play a lot of good teams in the conference schedule as well. You got to go against Carson Strong, Nick Starkle, Chevin Cordero. Those are three really good quarterbacks just in your conference. Luckily, you don't have to go against Jake Hayner, the Fresno State quarterback, who I really love. I'm, I'm really high on him. Actually took him second team all conference over Starkle. But even you know outside of that, Sean Chambers has been successful for Wyoming at times. He's not really a guy that's going to pick you apart in the same way that Carson Strong will, Starkle will. Jay Kaner can. He also uses his athleticism and he's a guy that can run around a little bit. But there's just a lot of quarterbacks in this league and you play a couple of decent quarterbacks in non-conference play as well. South Dakota State, their quarterback a little bit unproven at this point. You know, they lost their starter late in the spring last year. That's one of the downsides of having the spring season is it's it's not as long of a time to recover. Adazio thinks though as a whole that playing in the spring is a, is a pretty big benefit for South Dakota State. Just uses the reasoning that, you know, generally teams are playing their best football by the end of the season. There it's, hasn't been a long gap since they were playing their best football. CSU, you know, they haven't played since the end of last fall and they only got to play four games as is. I do think he's, you know, onto something there. It's They're probably going to click a little bit faster in the year than it would would normally take. But CSU better better come out prepared because this is a South Dakota State offense that ran the football at a at a really high level last year. You know, they they're relatively unproven at quarterback at this point, but they're a team that can ground and pound. And, you know, they were they were running for 250 yards plus against just about everyone last spring. CSU, you're you're hoping that with the experience of your front seven that you're able to combat that and, you know, take care of their line. But their offensive line is pretty decent as well. So it's this is a big test for CSU on both sides of the football. And it's it's about as difficult of an op- opener as you could probably have outside of the Rocky Mountain Showdown or, you know, playing like a big rivalry game. But it's certainly not a situation like Wyoming, you know, who's going against Montana State or CU who's going against uh, Northern Colorado or Air Force is going against Lafayette. I mean, those are all essentially tune-up games. This, this isn't a tune-up game. This is a... This is a 
punch to the face right off the bat. But as many of you have pointed out on Twitter, it's a, it's a game you absolutely must expect to win. I mean, this, this is a very talented program. We're going to show them all the respect in the world. But the truth is, if you want to be a competitive FBS program, if you want to be one of these teams that's in the conversation for conference expansion, you know, you want to impress the Big 12, you can't do it by losing to teams like South Dakota State. You just can't. I'm going to play some more audio from Steve Adazio here in just a second. But just kind of wrapping up my notebook here. Adazio likes the special teams play so far. Obviously, you know, special teams was a big concern for the Rams. I do think that consistency and continuity is going to be a big benefit for the group as a whole this season. I'm, I'm not, I really am not trying to make excuses for the team last year. I just think that it would be wrong to not factor in so many things. Depth for one, you had guys constantly getting replaced because of COVID stuff, because of injuries. They didn't travel with as many people, but also you just, you didn't have any consistency. Some guys were starting one week, different guys, another week that should hopefully change this year. You should have more consistency and, you know, consistency is key to success when it comes to special teams and just, you know, filling the correct lanes and, and doing the little things. All right, let's get to that audio from Steve Adazio. Before we do, though, football's right around the corner. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Listen up, you do not want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook now, place a $1 bet on any week one game, and you're going to get $200 in free bets. You can place that out however you want because they're going to come in $25 bets. That's clutch. You know, one $200 bet would be a little bit nerve-wracking. I mean, that's a lot of pressure to get it right right off the bat. This way, you can kind of spread out your money a little bit. DraftKings didn't forget about current customers. All customers can participate in DraftKings Week 1 no-brainer. For opening night, all customers can double their money as long as Tampa Bay doesn't lose by 74 points. Guys, easy money. Do not miss out on this. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That promo code DNVR to get a free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I also want to talk about Solace Meds because they have some smoking hot September deals for you. Solace Meds, the premier dispensary, they are always hooking it up. Seriously, they always have incredible deals for you every single month. Solace Meds has four convenient Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins for my Ram fam, one in Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. Here's what you can look forward to for the month of September. Can America gummies are 25% off. Strains tinctures are 20% off. Rockin' cartridges are 25% off. Glacier concentrates are 20% off. There's a Labor Day sale for September 6th. Buy three, get the fourth for 10 cents. There's a Patriot's Day sale for 9-11. Buy three, get the fourth for 10 cents as well. Plus, if you head into any location, you're gonna get a free Solace Bar. These are delicious or King Cone when you mention the code DNVR20 as well. On top of that, you're getting 20% off your entire order. So for instance, if you wanted to get a strains tincture, you're already getting 20% off that because of the sale. 
then you can get 20% off that price with the code DNVR20. And if you go in, you're going to get a free Solace Bar or King Cone. You're losing out if you are not using Solace Meds. Solace Meds makes your cannabis shopping experience a delight. Head to their website, view their menu, order online, and pick up at your convenience. That's S-O-L-A-C-E-Meds.com. Steve, do you feel good about the state of your offensive line going into this game, and how much rotating do you expect to do? We said we're going to play with seven guys. Um, you know, we have seven guys that we feel are starters, and uh, the guys that you know play the most consistent will, will stay on the field. But uh, we feel like we have seven. And then obviously, you know, there's been a lot of attention on, on Dante Wright coming in. He's had a lot of really successful seasons. You've mentioned Ty McCullough as a guy who stood out in training camp. Has that continued? And has anybody else kind of stood out potentially to be that breakout number two receiver? Well, yeah. I mean, Dante's ha- is, is, is had a fabulous training camp. Dante's ready to rock and roll. I think the whole receiving group is, is improved. I like EJ's performance in camp. I like Ty's performance. I like Jordan Kress's performance in camp. I think uh, those guys have, have, have done a good job. And I think Justice has done a good job, too. I think all the receivers have improved uh, vastly. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. You know, so, you know, we play with uh, two tight ends and those guys are excellent receivers. I mean, Cam Butler has had a phenomenal camp. You know, there's a guy that missed last year and it's not really, really has not really been a part of our program per se, right? It's like, this is the first time we get a chance to coach him. It's the first time he's had to perform and, and be demanded of what he's being demanded of, but he's getting better every single day. So uh, our passing game has, has, I think, vastly improved, uh, you know, due to all the above factors. I think, A, the play of our receivers, the play of our tight ends. I think our quarterback's playing at a high level, which is a reflection of, I think, of our offensive coordinator, John Budmeyer, has done a fabulous job uh, with, with, with installation and teaching of our throw game. So, you know, I think our throw game and our play-action game, our throw game is vastly improved, but I think our play-action game is exceptional. Um, so, you know, we've, we've spent a whole precinct camp, in theory, throwing it more than running it. Um, you know, and we get into the game into the season, we're, we're going to, we should be an explosive team. So I'm, I'm anxious to see that go. How big of a, a bonus is it for the offensive line, having the experience of Cam Butler and Trey McBride and, you know, being able to, to go 12 personnel and use those tight ends in, in like a blocking scenario? Well, I mean, I think, you know, um, they're independent of each other, right? I mean, the offense lines, the offense line, the tight ends are the tight ends. But I think what by having the ability to be in a 12 personnel where you can threaten teams in the throw game and those guys are very good blockers and you can create extra gaps in the defense, I think it stresses the defense, you know, that uh, it's 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 a harder to stop the run. And when you commit eight, nine guys in the box and you can throw it over their head and play action or drop back, I mean, we can be in empty or we can be in closed formation on first down. As, as efficiently as any other team. I think there, therein lies the stress on defenses uh, because, you know, a lot of teams in our league want to play a nickel and dime defenses. It's hard to do that if you play a 12 team that can throw the ball really well, but then can run the ball really well. Now you got to make a decision here. What are you doing? Are you going to play with a little nickel or are you going to put a bigger guy in there? Because if you don't put a bigger guy in there and we create an extra gap over there, that's going to be hard on the defense. All right. We just heard from Steve Adazio 
We are going to talk about this South Dakota State game plenty in the next couple of days. I'm going to be writing about it, talking about it. I'm going to be giving you all the South Dakota State coverage that you can take. But just briefly, real quick, I wanted to talk about what happened with the Week Zero games in the Mountain West. Not a not a super exciting college football slate this weekend in, in terms of the viewing experience. We learned a little bit about some of these teams. I mean, Fresno State, I think they're they're really good. They probably looked a little better than they are, just given how absolutely trash UConn is. I mean, that was a 45-0 beatdown. Brutal. UConn didn't play last fall. Probably shouldn't have played this fall either. I mean, yikes. Nonetheless, stellar showing for Jake Hayner, former Washington quarterback. He torched CSU last year. Looked really, really good. 20 of 26, 331 yards, three touchdowns. Did leave the game looking a little shooken up, so hopefully he is okay. Would be super unfortunate to see them lose a talent like him early in the season. He is a guy that I think is really going to start getting some NFL hype. Has a strong arm. He's athletic. One of the things that really stands out to me is his ability to make throws on the run and at weird body angles. There's a guy that can do it all. I mean, you put somebody like Jake Hayner on CSU's offense, and, and this team would be dangerous and and that's not even a shot at the the current quarterbacks i'm just saying i like jake hayner a lot i like carson strong a lot starkle i have nothing wrong with him i think he's an efficient quarterback i think he's coming to his own in the san jose state system but if if you're asking me my opinion and this is my podcast jake hayner second best quarterback in the mountain west and his athleticism just gives him insane upside kind of a quiet game from ronnie rivers Veteran Fresno State running back, 13 carries for 58 yards. Jalen Cropper had a nice game, three catches for 87 yards and a touchdown. Not much went right for UConn, but, you know, great start for Fresno State. They have another big game coming up this weekend. They're playing at Oregon, and I'll uh, I'll talk about that one in just a second here. San Jose State beat down Southern Utah. You know, Southern Utah, one of the bottom programs in the big sky, an FCS team, you know, for being honest, probably would be a much more desirable opener for CSU than than South Dakota State, a, a team like Southern Utah. They did have a, a kid from Colorado Springs, David Moore, starting at running back, so that's kind of cool. Shout out to Southern Utah for that. But this was a game where they San Jose State ran with uh, relative ease. They they clicked on on both sides of the football. Ultimately, won forty five to fourteen. Pulled their starters. In the second half, you know, they're coming off of a a season in which they won the Mountain West Conference. But the big question is, can they do it in a 12-game schedule? Again, you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt, given the the talent of Southern Utah. It's not great. But San Jose State, they looked the part in this one. Nick Starkle, 16-27, 394 yards to the air, four passing touchdowns, one interception. Finished with a QBR of 95 Really, really solid. Tyler Nevins in the backfield had 12 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown. Nick Starkle actually had a rushing touchdown as well, so four passing touchdowns, one rushing for him. Really, really solid day. One of the things that stands out to me, they had four different receivers catch a touchdown, so they were spreading the love um, defensively. Pretty solid, solid game for Kyle Harmon, linebacker, a guy that I like a lot, nine total tackles, four solo. One tackle for loss, one QB hurry. A little bit of a quiet game for the defensive line, but 
they did get a couple of sacks in this game. I, I kind of thought they would tear it up a little bit more, only finish with one sack, actually. A couple of QB hurries, eight, so they did get after him. They just weren't really able to complete it. No turnovers forced by San Jose State, but they didn't really have to. They just kind of stifled the offense and and took care of business. I mean, that's exactly what you're supposed to do in that scenario. You're coming off of a season in which you won your conference. You're going against a bottom dweller, not even an FBS program, but an FCS team. You should beat them handily. That's what they did. But you don't necessarily have to embarrass them. You know, it's it's not necessary for San Jose State to throw 70 on the board or anything like that. They won. They won convincingly. Solid day for the Spartans. They, too, have a big test coming up in Week 2, and we will get into that. A lot of Mountain West Pac-12 games in uh, Week 1. Lots to look forward to. Of course, no Rocky Mountain Showdown, though, which still sucks. The last game in Week 0 from the Mountain West side was Hawaii at UCLA, and UCLA, they absolutely kicked their ass. 44-10, to it was 24-3 to in the first quarter, 31-3 to at halftime. Uh, came out and put 13 more on the board in the third quarter, pulled back a little bit in the fourth. Little, no, I was really surprised. I was I was really surprised. One, my guy Hank from the CUB, he was telling me all offseason how overrated UCLA was. They didn't look overrated in this one. They ran the football down Hawaii's throat. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, six carries, 106 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, they had no answers for UCLA's rushing attack under Chip Kelly. It was a really well-called game. They were just dominant, did what they had to do. I will say, man, these receivers on Hawaii need to step up. Did Chevin Cordero absolutely no favors? He was 25 of 47 in the game, but there were a ton of drops. The line was getting torched. He was running for his life a lot, finished with one passing touchdown, two picks. But again, he was running for his life and just trying to make plays. I mean, at that point, you just kind of start forcing it. Hawaii, they were 18-point underdogs in this, and I I really felt good about their opportunity to cover that spread. Of course, they didn't even come close. Glad I didn't recommend that as my DraftKings pick of the week. I almost did. But, man, rough start for Todd Graham's Warriors. A little bit surprising, but they have an opportunity to respond at home. In Week 2, they're actually the late game. They play at like 10 p.m. Mountain Time. They're hosting Portland State. So an opportunity for the Warriors to get back on the winning track against an FCS team. I took a little bit of heat because right before that UCLA game, I replied to my buddy Aaron saying, Hawaii is going to be sneaky good this season. I still feel that way. I really like Cordero's game. I like some of the athletes that they have at wide receiver. I know they didn't perform particularly well in this matchup, but I do think this is a team that's going to be relatively competitive. And I think they're going to be a tough test for all those other good quarterbacks in the West. You know, I really like Jake Hayner. I really like Carson Strong. Nick Starkle is pretty solid. All of them still have to go through Hawaii in order to accomplish their goals. And that can be tricky. I mean, Hawaii is always just one of those teams that's a little bit pesky. You know, they 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 shake things up. They make things interesting. And I, I still have faith that they're going to be a good team when it's all said and done. If not, I'll admit I was wrong. You know, it happens. Won't be the Won't be the last time. All right, uh, moving on. Week one, we've got some awesome games. Starting Thursday night, Boise State at Central Florida, 5 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN. Just a great G5 game. I mean, two well-respected programs across the country. These are the kind of games the G5 needs to generate interest on a natural, on a national level, excuse me. You know, two programs that have respectively dominated their conferences over the last decade or so. Uh, again, I don't think the talent difference between 
Central Florida and the rest of the American. I actually think Cincinnati is the best team in the American right now. And I think Nevada is the best team in the Mountain West right now. But these are two teams that have, have done it at a high level for a long time. Central Florida is going to be really good this year as well. They did not release a depth chart, but I'm excited to see this one. You know, it's a, it's a nice opportunity for the Mountain West or the American to kind of earn bragging rights over the other one of our best versus one of their best. I still think the Mountain West top to bottom as competitive as any G5 league, if not the most competitive G5 league. There's some good programs in the American, but it, it really falls off drastically at the bottom of that conference. The other Thursday night game is Eastern Washington at UNLV. That is an 8 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff. The only reason this game is relevant to me, if you listen to my advice and took the UNLV win total, the uh, over, which is one and a half, they really got to start with a win here against Eastern Washington. And then after that, they have the rest of the season to pick up one more win. Important game if you're a better other than that. Not a lot of interest. I mean, UNLV projected to be one of the worst teams in the conference. Probably will be. Friday night, obviously, South Dakota State at CSU, 7 p.m. Mountain Time on FS1. Don't need to talk more about that game because we obviously will talk about it plenty. Saturday, Fresno State at Oregon, 12 p.m. Mountain Time on the Pac-12 on the Pac-12 Network. Big test for the Bulldogs. They're coming off of a massive win, but this is an Oregon team that potentially could play their way into the playoff depending on how things go. They're kind of unproven offensively. They've got Kayvon Thibodeau at defensive end, really strong secondary. I think Oregon is, is going to be the best team in the Pac-12 this year. So if Fresno State is able to, to be competitive, I mean, you don't want a situation like Hawaii, UCLA. You want to come out and, and feel good about yourself as long as you're competitive. I think that's a win for Fresno State. If you win, all of a sudden you're talking about Fresno State as a team to be taken seriously in the Mountain West Championship conversation. And they probably should be anyways, but... Big get big game for Fresno State, one of the many Pac-12 Mountain West match, matchups we're going to have this weekend. Lafayette plays at Air Force at 12 p.m. Mountain Time. No TV for that. Probably streamable on the Mountain West Network. But uh, not, a, not a very exciting game. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Not even really worth talking about. Montana State at Wyoming, 2 p.m. Mountain Time. That is definitely streaming on the Mountain West Network. Pokes have a really easy non-conference schedule kind of a, a reunion with uh, Brent Viggen coming back to Laramie. He used to be the offensive coordinator there. He's now the Montana State head coach. Not a lot of exciting storylines there. Sean Chambers recently named Wyoming starting QB. We'll kind of see how he looks. I really like Valade and, and Muma. I think Wyoming is going to be pretty good, but I think they're, they're really going to benefit from playing a weak schedule. And we'll see how that impacts them when they have to play some of the tougher teams in the Mountain West. They might be feeling themselves a little bit too much. We'll just kind of have to see. Uh, San Jose State at USC. This is one of the games I'm most excited about this weekend. That's a 3 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff, also on the Pac-12 Network. Huge test for the Mountain West, huge test for the Spartans. I think there's upset potential here. I know people are, are kind of high on USC, but I just, I'm not a Keaton Slovis guy. I know they have some decent talent at wide receiver. I, I like some of the pieces they added defensively, but I really think San Jose State is going to come into the Coliseum and and test USC, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if USC is able to pull away in the end, but definitely upset potential there, as is Nevada at Cal. That's an 8 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff on FS1. I think this is an opportunity for Carson Strong and the Wolfpack to really show people across the country they are legit. They return everybody on offense. I love this team. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see them in person at the end of the season. 
I think they're going to beat Cal. I, I feel relatively confident saying that. And because of that, that is actually my DraftKings pick of the week. Nevada, the, the underdog at plus 150 to upset Cal on the road. I think you are getting great, great value there. I mean, plus money on the Wolfpack feels awesome. I know Cal came on kind of strong at the end of last season, but I just think the talent level on this Nevada offense is, is going to be so hard for anyone to keep up with. San Diego State hosts New Mexico State at 8.30 p.m. New Mexico State plays UNM. They play Hawaii, a couple of teams in the Mountain West this year. They're generally one of the worst programs in football, so not very exciting there. But I'm just mentioning all the games. Another big test for Utah State at Washington State, 9 p.m. Mountain Time on the Pac-12 Network. You know, if you're Utah State, you have, you're relatively unproven at this point. Maybe that's an advantage for you. Washington State isn't going to have the advantage of, of being able to look at film and, and you know, getting a, a good grip on this team. The rosters change. The coaching staffs change. We really don't know much about this Utah State team other than Savon Scarver, their wide receiver is an electric kick returner, and Justin Rice, who they added at linebacker, former Fresno State player, then went to Arkansas State last year, is a beast. Other than that, we don't know much. I'm looking forward to watching that game. A little late-night action. God, I love that about college football. Watching college football at 10 a.m. to like 1 in the morning. It doesn't get any better than that. And at the last game of the day from the Mountain West, probably in college football, I would imagine, is Portland State at Hawaii. 9.59 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff. Chance for Hawaii to rebound. Chance for me to look a little bit smarter, hopefully. I mean, if they lose this one, I'm going to have to mute Twitter, I think, for a little while. At least the phrase Hawaii and (laughs) things associated with it. All right, that's all we have for today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. We're going to have a ton of coverage throughout the week. Really looking forward to a real game week. Cannot wait to be back in Canvas Stadium. Can't wait to walk around and see you guys. If you're going to be at the game, let me know on Twitter. I'd love to say hi to you guys outside the stadium before kickoff. I'll try and get there early enough to kind of say hi to a bunch of different groups. It's going to be a blast. It's game day. I'm pumped. CSU Rams, Friday night, under the lights, fans in the stands, baby. Let's go. Let's do it. Go State. Guys being dudes. All right, I'm done rambling. Uh, at this point. Anyways, thank you for listening to the podcast. Have a great week. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be.